In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. To everything there is a season, the scripture says, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh. There is a time to weep, and now is such a time, time because of circumstance, to weep over the displacement and violence and destruction in Ukraine. Time, also, the church tells us in this season of Lent, to learn to weep. To learn to weep over the devastation of sin. The devastation that is painfully evident in war, to be sure, but also the devastation sin wreaks secretly in the soul, especially my own. There is a time to weep. And the scripture lessons today are united by tears, as it were. In the gospel, Jesus laments over Jerusalem. And in the epistle, his apostle weeps over those who are what he calls the enemies of the cross of Christ. And in effect, our Lord and his apostle both weep for the same cause. They weep for those who turn away from the only source of life. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jesus says, which kills the prophets and stones them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. Jesus laments Israel's history of rejecting the prophets God sent them to call them back to him. He knows that he himself is destined to be despised and rejected by those he came to rescue. As St. John says, the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. And Jesus uses an unforgettable image to drive the point home. He compares himself to a mother hen who gathers her chicks under her wings at the sign of danger, laying down her life even for the sake of her brood. They say that after a grass fire, you can sometimes find the charred carcass of a prairie hen with her chicks kept alive under her wings. So too, our Lord will stretch out his arms on the cross, like a hen stretching out her wings, that all might come within his saving embrace, that all who shelter under his outstretched arms might find refuge, might find there the very source of life. And then our Lord weeps at the knowledge that many will not enter and shelter under his wings, thereby exposing themselves to grave danger, like chicks who do not come under their mother's wing when danger is near, but peck in the dust, oblivious to their coming doom. In other words, our Lord is showing us that to encounter him is to face a choice It is a matter of life and death. Once Jesus was asked, 
will only a few be saved? And he responded with some very demanding words. Strive to enter through the narrow gate, he said. For many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. Now, part of what Jesus is doing here, I think, is that he's turning the question around. It's not an academic question, not really a question of whether few or many will be saved. The question is, will you be among the saved? In other words, when you encounter the Lord, what matters is not how others have responded, or how someone in the abstract might respond, or even how you might respond at some undetermined point in the future, but how you will respond today. Today, will you heed his voice and shelter under his almighty wings or not? St. Paul shares our Lord's tears. Many walk, he says, of whom I have often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Who does Paul have in mind when he speaks of the enemies of the cross of Christ? It may be that he has in mind those who are outwardly hostile to Christ and to his church, just as Paul himself was, persecuting Christ in persecuting the church. But I wonder if Paul has in mind a more subtle opposition to Christ. Indeed, reading contextually, you could say that I become an enemy of the cross of Christ insofar as I place my confidence in anything other than the crucified Christ. In contrast, I am not an enemy of the cross, insofar as I do what St. Paul says and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. That is, insofar as I do not place my confidence in my own self, insofar as I do not trust in my own righteousness, my own moral rectitude, my own good behavior. I am an enemy of the cross insofar as I believe I can earn God's favor and goodness towards me. Because to believe that is to deny, in effect, the necessity of the cross, the necessity of Christ's work for us there, to treat the death of Jesus as it was of no consequence, to set it not the cross, and in this way, to make myself its enemy. But Paul shows us what it means to do the opposite. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Listen to what he writes at the beginning of the third chapter to the Philippians. Our lesson was from the end of that chapter. This is what he writes at the beginning. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I suffered the loss of all things and count them as refuse in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own based on the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him 
and the power of his resurrection, and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that if possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And he goes on to say, not that I have already obtained this, or am already made perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brethren, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul compares the one who rejoices in Christ, crucified and risen, with the one who is effectually an enemy of the cross. The one looks upwards, outside herself, to heaven, to her Savior. The other cannot see beyond himself, does not look beyond earthly things. The one glories in the Lord, the other glories in himself. The one desires nothing more than the Lord, the other is dominated by his own desires. His God is his belly. The end of the one is to be forever with the one who is her life. The end of the other is destruction, for he has sought to save his own life, but he will lose it in the end, because if you try to grasp your life, it will slip from your fingers like a cloud. And it's for that reason that St. Paul weeps. But the end of the story is not in those tears, because there's the possibility of repentance. Weeping may tarry for the night, the psalmist says, but joy cometh in the morning. So too our scriptures do not end with tears, but turn in the end to joy. So while Jesus does lament over Jerusalem's habitual failure to turn to him and be saved, yet for all this, he does not cease to gather all people to himself. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, he says, will draw all men to me. As it's written in the letter to the Hebrews, the promise of entering his rest remains, because there remains a day called today, when it is possible to hear his voice and turn to him and find refuge and joy in him. Today, the scripture says, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Likewise, St. Paul turns from weeping to joy. He turns to the joy of the resurrection. But our commonwealth, our citizenship is in heaven, he proclaims. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who will change our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power which enables him even to subject all things to himself. This sure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life through our Lord Jesus is an anchor for the soul, sure and steadfast. And this hope is why he is no fool who says, like St. Paul does, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And again, one thing I do, forgetting 
what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There is an old catechism which begins with this question. What is your only comfort in life and death? And it gives the answer that I am not my own, but that I belong body and soul in life and death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. This Lent, may we find by God's grace our strong refuge and our shelter in him. Find our true joy in our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son, out of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.